Hello everyone and welcome to Fox Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and as usual we have a good amount of news to go over but let's start with the domestic top five. Remaining in first place is Avatar The Way of Water with 19.7 million for a total of 597.9 million. In second place was Puss in Boots The Last Wish with 11.5 million for a total of 126.4 million. Third place was Missing which opened to 9.3 million. Fourth place was Megan with 9.1 million for a total of 72.6 million. Fifth place was A Man Called Otto with another 9 million for a total of 30. 5.3 million. For other film updates, Plane is now at 19.5 million, and House Party is at 7.1 million dollars. So Avatar is still dominating, which is not surprising, and will likely hit 650 million domestically, with the real challenge being can it get to 700 million. Puss in Boots is also doing really well, only dropping 21% from last weekend. For the one new release with Missing from Sony, it actually did well, it's gotten good reviews, and the budget is around $7 million plus advertising, so as long as it does not collapse at the box office, this should net Sony a small profit. Now let's go to China, as the Chinese New Year has started, this is the biggest box office period for the country, and while this weekend only includes the first day, it's enough to take the top spots on the chart. In first place is The Wandering Earth 2, with $70.4 million. In second place is Full River Red with 59.9 million. Third place was Hidden Blade with 20.5 million. Fourth place was Boonie Bear's Guardian Code with 19.6 million. Fifth place was 500 Miles with 19 million. And in sixth place was Deep Sea with 10.8 million. Usually each Chinese New Year has two big blockbusters, with the rest a bit behind, even one day in. It's clear that the big two are The Wandering Earth 2 and Full River Red. Wandering Earth is not a surprise, as the first one I'd say is the first major blockbuster film from China. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Now, the sequel is actually a prequel leading up to the events of the first film, so we need to see how word of mouth is for it, and if people stay interested. But, at least going into this year, it's no surprise it was highly anticipated. Taking a look at worldwide numbers, Avatar The Way of Water has finally done it and passed the 2 billion milestone, with it now at 2.02 billion, making it one of six films ever to pass it. Puss in Boots The Last Wish is about to hit 300 million worldwide, earning 17.8 million over the weekend, bringing its total to 297.5 million. Megan made 10.9 million for a worldwide total of 124.6 million, and Babylon also started its international rollout, earning $13.2 over the weekend. Moving over to news in Hollywood, let's start with the big ones, and that is the Oscar nominations. I won't go over all of them, but let's go over some of the big details. The 10 nominees for Best Picture are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, The Banshees of Inching, The Fablements, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Most of the nominees were expected. Personally, I'm annoyed that Batman did not get a nomination for Best Cinematography, but it is what it is. There were two surprising nominees, though. For Best Supporting Actor, Brian Tyree Henry was nominated for Causeway, and Andrea Risenbo for To Leslie. As for Brian Tyree Henry, I thought it was a great surprise. He was fantastic in the film, and the nomination was well earned. Now, as for 
Andrea Risenbrough. I'll talk more about her in a minute. Breaking down total nominations for the films, Everything Everywhere All at Once, leads with 11 nominations, with All Quiet on the Western Front and The Banshees of Inchin tied at 9. As for studios, or more, I guess here the more proper term being distribu- distributors, uh, A24 is in first place with 17, Netflix is in second with 14, Warner Brothers in third with 12, Disney and Searchlight tied for 10 apiece, but since Disney owns Searchlight, you could say that they're in first with 20. Now, as for Andrea Risenbo, her nomination has caused a bit of controversy as it came out of nowhere. She was nominated for the film To Leslie, an indie film that had a limited theatrical release in October and made $27,000 and reportedly had no budget for an awards campaign. So, how did she get a nomination? Well, it was thanks to her and the director's connections where their friends hosted screenings for the film as well as pushed it on social media. Some of these friends include Edward Norton, Charlie Theron, and Jennifer Aniston. As a result of the controversy, the Academy has come out and said it will review the rules of the campaign procedures for the nominations this year without naming anyone specifically. Personally, while I don't think she should have gotten nominated, it's not a surprise this happened. While the Oscars, for the most part, I think, try to focus on merit, there are clearly quite a few rewards handed out that are more of a culmination of a person's work than a performance they were nominated for. Also, it is well known if you want to make a strong push to get nominated, studios need to spend a good amount of cash hosting screenings, Q&A sessions, billboards around LA to get Academy members interested. As for what will happen here, I don't think anything will happen. The Academy might tighten up rules going forward, but they're not going to revoke her nomination for the simple fact that if they did, it would open up a can of worms. Oh, so because she got her friends to help and did not spend a big budget on campaigning, she can't have a nomination? Uh, Things would get ugly. We have another Jared Butler movie uh, heading to theaters in a few months with Kandahar. Deadline has the exclusive on this and Open Road has set a release date of May 26th for the film, opening up against The Little Mermaid and The Machine. This should do decently over the Memorial Day weekend and could provide some solid counter-programming. Personally, I expect it to do better than playing at the box office, but not by much. We also have another movie heading to theaters thanks to Amazon, as they announced this week that their upcoming film, Air, will premiere at theaters first before going to Prime Video. The Amazon Studios film is about Nike signing Michael Jordan to a shoe deal, and stars Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Viola Davis, and Jason Bateman, with Affleck directing. The film will come out in theaters April 5th. No word yet on when it will be available for streaming. We heard at the end of last year that Amazon was looking to start producing more films that go to theaters first, and while this is not one of them, it was already filmed, it does show how they're looking to get ahead and jumpstart this. Now, we don't know how wide of a release it'll be domestically or how long it'll be in theaters, but if Amazon commits to getting more of their films in theaters, that would be a nice boost to the box office. As for Air, it feels like it's just testing the waters because, look, It's a drama film about Jordan signing the Nike deal. I don't see people running out to see it, even with great cast. In an exclusive from Deadline, they are reporting that Baz Luhrmann is staying with Warner Brothers as the director has signed a first look deal with the studio. This comes as no surprise, as Warner Brothers throughout last year has been signing people to first look deals, and Luhrmann has delivered a hit with Elvis, not just at the box office, but being the big movie for the award season for them. Definitely well-deserved. Also going on at Warner Brothers is a live-action film based on Hot Wheels. This is from an exclusive from Deadline, and that is that they have signed 
Nicholas Jacobson Larson and Dalton Lebb to write the screenplay. No word yet on other info about the film, like a possible director. This starts the expansion of Mattel-based films for Warner Brothers, with the first being Barbie coming out this summer. As for Hot Wheels being a live-action film, I think it could work. Just not sure where what the main story would be. A giant race, I take it. Uh, that seems a little basic, but who knows what they're writing. Thanks to another exclusive from Deadline, we have a possible casting update on Robert Edgar's upcoming film, Nostastu, with William Defoe now in talks of joining. I hope that he does join, because he's obviously a great actor, and it would be the third time him and Edgar's worked together, the other two being The Lighthouse and The Northman. Universal announced that Madonna's biopic that was in the works with the studio has been cancelled. The studio did not give a reason as to why, but it might be due to scheduling conflicts as Madonna was set to direct the film, but is now going to be going on a world tour for the second half of 2023. I take it Universal might not have been too happy about that. Cineworld has announced that they have reached out to 30 potential buyers for its assets and has set a deadline of February 16th for them to submit non-binding bids. This is the latest step in the company going through Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and it is not clear now how many of its assets are up for sale. A few weeks ago, it was them willing to sell everything off but Cineworld itself in the UK, but it's not clear if that has changed. Though it looks like at a minimum, Regal is up for sale. Let's start off VOD Premium, where HBO has another hit show on their hands. I'm of course talking about The Last of Us. The show has received outstanding reviews and audiences are so far loving it. A bit, you know, when they're not crying. The first episode premiered to 4.7 million viewers in America, making it the second best opening for a HBO show in the past 10 years since Boardwalk Empire. The word of mouth caught on so fast that the second episode had 5.7 million viewers, a 22% jump. Now, what's not included in these numbers is people watching during the week on HBO Max and people in other countries, but it is clear this has become a smash hit, so it came as no surprise that a season 2 was announced. This makes all the sense in the world as there is a second game that they can adapt easily with a full season, maybe even two, if they pace it right. So with how much work we'll have to go into making it, don't expect it to come out until early 2025. At the earliest. Now with The Last of Us being HBO proper, HBO Max has added two more cancellations. DC shows Titans and Doom Patrol will be ending after their current fourth season ends. Priority is reporting the cast and crew were told about this in advance, so they did write an ending for the shows with these seasons. These cancellations I'm not surprised about. These came from the previous DC streaming service and moved over to HBO Max. Now at the new heads at DC who also manage TV, it makes sense to give them more of a clean slate. I also like that Warner Brothers gave them enough heads up so that they could at least write endings for their shows. We have other viewership numbers from streaming, with Yellowstone having their first 1 billion minute week on Nielsen's charts. That was for December 26th to January 1st, where they calculated 1.04 billion minutes watched across all seasons. That was enough for it to come in fifth place. During that week, Glass Onion was still in first place with 2.8 billion minutes watched, and second place was Jack Ryan on Prime Video with 1.6 billion minutes watched. Nielsen also calculated the top shows and movies streamed for all of 2022, and for shows, it's no surprise, uh, it's Stranger Things that came in first place with 52 billion minutes watched, 
And for movies, Encanto took first place with 27.4 billion minutes. With the quarterly earnings report from Comcast, we have an update on how Peacock is doing. The streaming service had a good quarter, adding 5 million new subscribers, and now has 20 million paying subs. However, while subscribers increased as well as revenue, the service brought in 2.1 billion for the year. Overall, the service cost Comcast 978 million, up from 2021, where it cost them 559 million. Uh, so just to clarify, uh, revenue, yes, is up to 2.1 billion, but when you take away all the expenses, all the costs, licensing, keeping everything running, as a net total, Peacock cost Comcast almost a billion dollars. So with the uh, industry now, gears are focused on shifting to being profitable in regards to streaming and not just growth. I would not be surprised if there is a price increase for Peacock in 2023. As far as subscriber number goes, it had great growth over the holiday season, uh, but it is still in a distant fourth place. Finally, we have a small story about advertising. Disney has signed a deal with EDO to work on looking at viewer engagement on their streaming platforms, but the first one being Hulu. This is important for Disney because as people leave cable behind and move to streaming, they need to get a better understanding of not only who their customers are, but what ads they would be more interested in. If they are able to provide a more detailed customer-based advertisers, they would be more open to spending money for ads, and therefore Disney would make more money. Now, part of the reason I wanted to mention this story is that it was actually co-founded by Edward Norton. Yeah, while he's making a comeback and acting now, he more or less stepped away for a while, and well, he was making a company in the meantime. And that is it for this episode of Box Office Receipts. Thank you for listening. If you want to follow me on Twitter or Facebook, links to those are in the show notes. See you next time.